It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 71 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Happy Friday. Thanks, because I actually had nothing again today. <laughs> well, I'm glad I said happy Friday then. I was just waiting for the weekend, I guess. I'm I like, I gotta so. get the hell out of here. Jeez. Yeah. The heck? So, I, I don't know. I was just like, I'm not gonna plug any of that stuff. I just want people to go, you know, there's something missing from what he was saying. And I had this urge to go onto this thing called Facebook and do a search for a cursed listeners crew. And then join. And then talk about the show. Or talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. That's all I'm asking. Just a little Friday fun. You can even complain about taxes on there. About how the government's a pirate and stole all your money. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what you so choose to do. So in the previous minute, Will and Jack take a ride through Dead Man's Grotto. Bonding over some stabbed-in-the-back skeleton ambiance and a little scintillating conversation. The kind we can all relate to when with friends. You sprung someone from jail, commandeered a ship, sailed a buccaneer crew out of Tortuga, and you're obsessed with treasure. Holy sh**, man, you're a pirate, (laughs) hanging out with pirates here, what the hell? And like any drunken conversation between bros or gals, it ends with a bit of philosophical wisdom, like not all treasure is gold and silver, mate. Oh, those Friday nights. (laughs) Minute 71 begins with Will Turner and Captain Jack Sparrow stealthily viewing the cursed pirates from one of the passageway openings, just as Captain Barbosa finishes his pirate welcome. Time has come. With a crew all gathered round Barbosa in the Aztec chest, he continues to tell the scurvy souls that salvation is nigh. Our torment is nearing an end, just as Will spots Elizabeth. The minute ends with the monkey hearing Will knock some doubloons off the rock when Jack stops Will from making a rash rescue decision. They have to wait for the opportune moment. Will asks, when's that? Dun dun dun. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite the cliffhanger for Friday, isn't it? Yes. People just be sitting there all weekend going, hopefully they release a bonus episode so we can find out what really happens. It's like the old time radio. Everybody's gathered around yeah. the radio. It's amazing. What's going to happen to little orphan Annie? <laughs> it's amazing things have actually turned back that way. Exactly. We should have a, maybe like a Lone Ranger minute where we break down and analyze radio shows. <laughs> so, old timey radio shows. I just realized... Well, I mean, you were there, though, with radios, right? No. There were actually radio programs, and you heard all the original Lone Ranger stuff. I think you were there. No. Long time after. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm like 20 years younger than you. (laughs) Yeah. You were saying? So I just realized we are just over a month away from the movie coming out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Right? But we got into the minute. Wasn't this supposed to be an opening? I know, but you jumped, so I, I had jump. to. Okay. I had to say it after. Yeah, we are a month away. It's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. 
Well, a little. Very awesome. A little over a month. Yeah, a little over a month. I think it's the 26th, 26th, yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool. Yeah, very awesome. Waiting to see what happens and where they take it. Me too. I'm excited. Heather's also excited. She's crossing her fingers like, don't make a number six. Don't make a number six. Because then we'll just have to extend this podcast forever. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I don't think that. I have a lot of fun doing this. Well, I hope so. Yep. My question is, because I like to announce my questions now because Heather does. See, it's awesome, right? No, it's not. (laughs) Why is Barbosa rallying the troops here? I was going to ask you something like that. But I asked it first, so now you're on the spot. That's what... Why is he going through all this? I mean, he's really laying on the thick motivational speech, and this gets back to this whole entire ceremony or ritual, whatever you want to call it, that they've been partaking in since arriving at Isla de Muerta. He's like getting everybody all excited for what's to come. Yeah. I think he's just excited. Maybe. He's excited about the apples. Well, he is excited about the apples. I just hope that none of them end up in a van down by the river after this motivational speech. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's that or if they've actually, maybe they are depressed and this is all part of their closure or acceptance to what's happened over the last 10 years. I mean, because they're really going on and on about this. Yeah, but he's the leader of the pack, basically, here. Yeah, but why? Maybe he's just showing. He's just kind of, you know, leaders do that. They talk to their crew. They talk and say, this is what we've gone through. This is what we've suffered. All for this moment. You know, he's getting them ready. He's He's laying on the drama, though, for this, as opposed to, let's get the show on the road. I got some goddamn apples to eat, right? Well, yeah, but... There's obviously some delusion going on with them, that's for sure. And so, I, like I said, I don't know if it's part of a depression enclosure thing or what's going on. But during Barbosa's lengthy speech, he also tells the crew that their punishment was disproportionate to their crime. And I was thinking, really? Murder, plundering, pillaging, maybe raping, yep. destroying villages and <laughs> ships, killing probably women and children... So, but he's not what, talking about those. What crimes. is this guy's scale of bad things that warrant a curse? That are that you he's, know in his mind would warrant a curse like this? He's not talking about those crimes. He's just talking about stealing the gold crimes, the crime to steal yeah, but still, Cortez's you gotta wrap, gold. You got to wrap all this on, maybe. But he does say disproportionate to their crimes. Yeah, crime or crime. Yeah, the crime of stealing Cortez's gold. I mean, he's got to have a different scale here. His morality scale is a bit skewed if that's... (laughs) I mean, he should be going, well, yeah, okay, the stealing part, it was rough. Maybe we should get the curse for the other things that we've done. Right. They spent 10 years in this... Well, we've never been caught, so those things don't count. All those hundreds of people they probably killed to get these 882 pieces back. Maybe yeah, but that's not part of it. They don't see that's just a pirate's life. Okay, pirate's life for them. The crime that he's talking about is the Cortez gold. And the punishment for the, that is 10 years of misery, basically. So, was stealing those gold medallions really worth 10 years of misery? I don't know about maybe not that because it's, it's just sitting about. there because it's not like they were the ones who killed. The Aztecs, I mean, they did do a lot of their own killing, but they didn't specifically harm the Aztecs. Right. And so they got secondary curse because of Cortez's actions. Right. But still, the question is, this guy's scale is a little skewed because, I mean, he's looking at it from that perspective, but he really needs to take into account his whole <laughs> purpose here 
in his life and his decisions he's made because I think maybe he does deserve a bit of the curse. That's all I'm saying on the fairness scale. Yeah, but the curse isn't doesn't include all that other stuff. That's what they've done, though. I mean, I think the big tell here is Barbosa again in his long-winded speech that they were despairing if they would never or if they would ever find the lass. And I think that is a really crazy thing to think about. They actually had no idea if Bootstrap's child was even alive, especially in the 1700s. It's a real possibility that he or she. Should oh, I they say, could have been like that forever. As far as they were concerned, was gone. Yeah. Died. Yeah. They had no clue. It's not like they could Google somebody or look them up in the white pages, whatever yeah. the white pages are, or the yellow pages. Uh, is there I, I don't any know. More? I think it's a, just an online thing, whitepages.com. Yeah. It's an old antique children that pe- they would actually send you a giant book of paper <laughs> and you'd go, what the hell is this? And you'd have to actually look it up by alphabetical order <laughs> and then find somebody as opposed to Google. <laughs> Those were the days. You'd actually listen to then too, not too long ago. You were just on the radio waiting for your show to come on because you had to go, you had to find it right at the time <laughs> when it was being say- on. And then you'd listen to Lone Ranger come on the radio. Ah, the 1980s. I thought you were going to say you'd have to call somebody. You can call somebody and ask for somebody's number. Yeah, you could do that too. But you actually had to like put your finger on the rotary (laughs) dial and it was tiring. (laughs) Much more difficult than your fingers got to work out. I don't know those years. (laughs) Oh, you know those years. I don't know those years. Now think about that. I mean, I know we got sidelined, but they are off collecting all these medallions and all the while they're wondering if this effort is just going to be in vain because... There was maybe no blood to actually repay. No Turner blood. Yeah. And that was just a line that actually was not really a main line in the movie. Because Will and Jack are having an interaction. And that, I think, wasn't that kind of just a subdued line? It wasn't something that was a standout line? The one where it says despairing of every... Of ever finding the last? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was kind of a background noise. Because we were looking at Will and Jack at that moment. And it, and it yeah, was just, it was in just the background. background. Yeah, yeah. But seriously, they could have been stuck like this forever. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm wondering if this whole ceremony and ritual is because they've been worrying and stressed out about this for so long, wondering if they'll ever if there's ever a bootstrap that they could get blood from again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless they're going to round up everybody named Turner at this point, because then if there was like, hey, did you have a William Turner in your family? I mean, that gets really daunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> HMS daunting, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> now I understand why the pirate crew is so irritated and angry all the time because that could really make you frantic thinking oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. Like we're going to be stuck like this forever. Yeah. It's already bad enough that you have to go get 882 pieces of gold back and find them and it calls to you and all that. But now you got to worry if somebody is alive. Yeah. You could possibly never, even though you got all the pieces back, it's possible you'll never be able to break the curse that's right and that's why again i must ask why not get the show on the road as quickly as possible to prevent anything from getting in the way of you not ending the curse if i was there my johnny on the spot reaction would be run to the not dump the gold it's run to the chest knock it open repay the blood put the coin or the medallion back in the chest and let's call it good then we can bring everything in and do that do you think he was doing that before he actually broke the curse to make sure everyone is still behind him? In other words, they still look at him 
as captain. That's a good point, maybe. Because, yeah, you don't want a free-for-all all all of a sudden and people are going to start stabbing each other for all the treasure and then somebody ends up dead. Right. You got to rally the troops just in case all hell breaks loose. And then before he can eat his apple, he's stabbed or shot by one of these yahoos that maybe are finally fed up. Because he's been captain for 10 years. That's possible. And maybe he's doing it to rally everybody and say, hey, we've been like this for 10 years, but this is the end and I'm solving the problem. We found her and make sure everybody is still behind him. And like you say, not going to go around stabbing everybody. They're all still a team. That Maybe that's the best reason that I've had. Before he breaks that curse. And everybody's back to their normal self because he can always stop that and not break it. That's right. Well, and then if if anything did happen, then they're not going to die yet because they would be still a skeleton. Right. So, yeah, he doesn't want to catch on to any anything that's transpiring out there. Maybe people have kind of, they've already mutinied once right. with him. Maybe there's been other packs going on or other little... Uh, Little compacts between some of these guys. They some of these guys had an accord that they were going to take the gold once it's <laughs> yeah. back. I mean, there's a lot of it there for everybody. Pirates, the greed, that oh, whole yeah. thing, and then the ship. Maybe they're going to, yeah, right, get rid of somebody and have their own mutiny. And maybe he's trying to prevent that from happening. Yeah, you know, you don't know. That's so a good point. Could be why he's got this big old long drawn out thing, and why he's like rallying everybody up. That's possible. I guess that would be my most probable explanation so far. That's right. It's the only explanation. That's the last one I'm giving you, though. (laughs) For me, though, it's like this is my biggest lotto fear. So I have the winning tickets for millions of dollars, and yet something happens to the ticket before I can collect it. It's like I'm driving down the road. I got the lottery ticket, and something happens. It goes goes, Yeah, it goes out the window or spontaneously combust or some kind of (laughs) seagull flies down and grabs it or you know just anything that bizarre could happen that's my biggest fear so it's like my plan of action if i which i don't even play the lottery but if i did i would have to go out and make sure i had a little fireproof safe to put it in as i transporting this down to lotto headquarters (laughs) in this safe but then my fear would be that the key you know there's key we can't get into it no i swear the ticket's inside the safe here you go you know, that's my biggest fear. So maybe that's why this whole stalling kind of thing that yeah. they're doing in the speech really makes me nervous. And that's why I'm wondering. thought maybe I'm wrong about that. But maybe you're right. It is a whole situation of let's rally the troops before we end this and before we become mortal again. Just in case some of you out there are having second thoughts of what you're going to do. Right. I had my question for you was, what do you think of Barbosa's leadership and the loyalty of his of the other pirates? Well, I think Barbosa is a, yeah, I mean, he's a with, good leader. With all these speech, this whole speech. Well, I think it's good. I just don't know if it's ill-timed. That's what I was saying. It's, yeah. They're really going through a lot of this, what we call pomp and circumstance here. Uh, putting the medallion around her neck. They do the whole rowing like he's crossing the Delaware thing. They get into the cave. They're doing some other things and putting more treasure in there. If they're going to spend the treasure, why add more treasure to the room? They've been hoarding it for 10 years thinking we're going to then collect the treasure and go spend it once we're mortal because then we can actually enjoy it. So why are they taking the treasure off the ship and putting it into the cave? Well, they probably aren't going to take all of it. Okay, so why would you go and put the stuff that you have, the gold and everything that they're dumping in there, why not leave it on the Black Pearl 
Go get your curse removed. Go back to take some more stuff back to the ship that you need and then be off on your way. Yeah. It's a good question. Why why are they dumping it instead of just taking so more with his them? His leadership skills as a professional motivator are great, <laughs> but his planning ahead of wait a second. God dang it. Why did we bring this treasure back to the cave? We should have left it on board because now we got to take more of it back to the ship. Pintel and Rigetti called it swag, though. No, but other people were dumping treasures and things yeah. like that there. They didn't know what they had, though. They thought they had treasure. Yeah. So, so why'd so they why call it just, swag? Is it more no, it's of... it's all their stuff. It's just thought that was just another name for their treasure. Oh, okay. Because is it easier to get rid of coins? Well, of course. Then other stuff. And gold so, and all the jewels. So, so are they dumping all this other Well, I'd have to examine it more, stuff, but I don't think that they were. Because a lot of it was like pictures and different stuff like that. Not the stuff that they were bringing in. We saw them dumping stuff out yeah. onto the piles. Yeah. That's... It was like coins and stuff Was it too. coins? Well, I think there was treasure there and silver plates and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it but then there's coins everywhere in this place. Okay, I'm gonna give so it to you. So is it that, easier to bring that stuff well, maybe, in there, but and then just take out coins? I don't know. May well, of course, it's easier than to sell that stuff. There's more valuable stuff there if that's all they had. But now I need to go back and look at all the things that they're dumping and see if there's any coins or nuggets and jewels that they're dumping in there, or if it really is just all some artwork and silver platters and chalices and everything else yes they were also weighing stuff somebody had a scale yeah it was weighing things so why yeah but that my point remains though why are they i can see if you're bringing that stuff and you're gonna load up your empty chest then with coins some of the coins and nuggets okay i buy that maybe that's what they're doing there's a lot of questions I have in this particular minute. But so, yeah, as far as his planning skills, if that's his real intention, okay, I get it. It as makes more his, sense to me. If he's a motivational speaker, yeah, he gets an A-plus for that and rallying the troops. And if he really is doing that to make sure that nobody's going to mutiny on him and then steal the treasure and create chaos once they alleviate the curse, then I give him an A-plus for leadership. But if he's just doing it because... They've been waiting for so long and they're trying to get some closure or they're trying to do up this little, we're so happy and we're going to have to really make a a big event out of this. Then I am going to say something could happen and you're going to end up regretting waiting so long as opposed to just running in there and getting this over with. Just because if something happened, yeah, I mean, what if Elizabeth ran off or something and... I think it's, I I still go back to... I think he was rallying them to make sure everybody's still behind him. He's still the leader. They're still behind him. I buy because that. they've gone through so much torture in the last 10 years to make sure he, they're not blaming that all on him. Well, you know how that goes. Well, it's possible. I mean, I don't think he's going to care if they're blaming on him as long as well, they, they get will, all their goals, because- but if he if they're going to blame him for it and prevent him and prevent him from actually getting back aboard a ship and taking the ship and the gold, then that's a different story. So I guess we can say that. Maybe this will have to be a discussion on Facebook to see what people think. Yes. See what about this theory. I think we killed that to death, though. Stabbed it with that. I mean, the, the thing that I have, too, some kind of more character stuff, is Will Turner. And the rash Will Turner strikes again. Well, almost. Definitely he's verging on a personality flaw here that... He would actually just rush the treasure mound with all these crew or these pirates around and they're surrounding him 
they're surrounding Elizabeth and he's just going to run out there to rescue her. Yeah. I mean, I like his passion, but man, a plan. <laughs> Devise a plan, man. You know, get that he is going. He's a bit rash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jack does successfully stop him, but he really has lost his patience, I think, with Jack and this whole situation, yeah. which is why he pipes up when the opportune time's like, when is this really going to be an opportune time? And when are we going to actually rescue her? So I think he's kind of fed up with it all. But he really needs to have a plan of action. He can't just run out there with all these pirates. He's already tangled with a couple of them. Now he's going to be just two people tangling with them all. I think he needs to come up with something a bit better than just to rush on out. Yeah. I mean, at least sneak around. I can see, okay, I'm going to sneak around and see if I can get a better view. But no, he was going to run right out there. I don't think Will... He's a passionate Will Turner. When it comes to Elizabeth, Will does not think with his head. (laughs) He thinks with his heart. Yes. Where were you people thinking out exactly. there? Exactly. He's just, he'll, you know, he told Jack he's willing to risk his life. He'll die for Elizabeth to save her. For- I don't think it's the passion for Elizabeth, but I think it's also that faith in Jack that he's lost or never had. Yeah. I mean, he wants to get this aggravating situation over with yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But there's no way he'd fare well, even get to Elizabeth with all those pirates down, in there. No. no way. That's what I'm saying. Not just going out right then and there. Have a plan. You know, his plan could possibly be to wait till all the pirates fall asleep while Barbosa is talking to them. Is they're like, <laughs> oh, when, is we, when are we going to put the blood repaid? My God, I'm really sleepy. I know you don't really mean that because Barbosa is really good at talking. I do really like Barbosa and his character. Yeah. Actually, I just, I had the note and I didn't really, wasn't going to mention it, but I just really like all the kind of the pirate speak that's been in the last couple of minutes. Just some of the stuff. And Barbosa is really good at delivering actual kind right. of pirate-like lines. Yeah. I mean, he, he brought us a whole kind of, all kinds of pirate speak in this thing. Yeah. And we've talked about Gibbs kind of being somebody that does that. But actually, Barbosa really is the one pirate that takes it to that Next, level yeah. of... You know, kind of the whole Long John Silver thing from the original Treasure Island in the 50s from Disney. This whole idea of the hard R's. Yeah. R. He's that pirate. pirate. <laughs> He's not that a pirate. pirate. He's a pirate. It's a pirate parrot is what that is. Arr, there, matey. Wind in your sails. Wind in your sails. Arr. Anyways, that's what I see him doing. So maybe that's what Will is just waiting for. Or Jack is waiting for. Jack's like, no, just wait a minute. They're going to all fall asleep here pretty soon. <laughs> is doing another one of his long talks. Yeah, it's captivating. But if you're a pirate and that's how you talk, then it's just talking normal because they don't hear the accent. For right. us watching, we're going, that's really captivating. He's just awesome. But the other guys are like, God, I've heard this a thousand times. <laughs> wait, this is the part where he does the R, matey. So speaking of Barbosa and his, and his pirate speak, he did mention each man jack. And I was going, what's a man jack? Do you know, know what a man, what a man jack, jack is? is? No. It's an individual. Well, I assume that maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Just from the context of it. But I didn't have an actual definition of what it was. Yeah. It's an individual. The term man jack is actually first known to be used in 1807. No kidding. Does it... Do you remember what it was used in, or is it just the it first didn't, use? It didn't. It just said first use. So then we can chalk this up to another first. Yes, in Barbosa. The Pirates of the Caribbean, but this time it's Barbosa who's actually coining a word that will be used across history. Exactly. Well, Barbosa coined man. Kind of the pirate history because you don't really say man jack anymore. No, I've never said man jack as an individual. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's politically correct these days. You got to say person jack. <laughs> yeah, 
can't say man anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not man jack, it's person jack these days. Oh, did you check out the stone chest? When he opens it up, the lid is super heavy. Yeah. And then the sides are probably about four inches thick. Yeah, it's pretty solid. The thing is huge. Yeah, and you can see a whole bunch of these symbols on the top of it. And I was trying to get a really good look at it and pause it because I was trying to see what those symbols were on there. On yeah. the lid, they cover the whole lid. But the way that it was moving so quickly that it was all blurry and I couldn't oh. really get any fine details at the top of that. Well, that stinks. Yeah. And I noticed as he's running his fingers over the medallions. Yeah, I actually really like that scene. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool touch that he kind of lightly just brushes his hands well, across Well, he's like, that. I really want all these, but they caused my curse. Yeah. <laughs> but there was no blood on any on any of the medallions. And you'd think there'd be blood on at least a couple of them. Well, it would only be enough for the crew. Right. Maybe they, because themselves, I know that we don't know what's going to happen yet. With what's going on. Yeah. But from what we know, they have to do blood repaid. And yeah. since they haven't died, that maybe they just need to, say, prick their finger. And they just put a tiny little dot on there. Oh, maybe. Because they don't want to cut themselves. So they just go a pinprick. No, it would hurt. And put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> they feel unpleasant. Well, it's better than what always happens in movies. Not that I'm foreshadowing here under this one. But if somebody... If you have to, like draw blood or something for yourself why do people always cut the palm of their hand so deep and so much across why not just why do you have to do that yeah I that don't just know. gives me the shivers yeah. shiver me timbers <laughs> i mean my god anyways you sidelined me on that a couple minutes ago we talked about all the details of the cave yeah all the nitty-gritty details that's right we didn't actually talk about the look or the feel of this cave now that we're getting a better look of it just the enormous well hit me with it then what are your you've got this 50 people in here right somewhere around there probably oh uh, i didn't count the crew i Neither should have counted I. the crew so but you're just making these assumptions that yeah. there's 50 okay yeah and this I don't is think just it's an that en- many okay whatever it's an enormous room yeah enormous and but maybe you- it is i don't know i'll have to count them you have all these gold pieces like scattered gold and jewels yeah. and scattered everywhere it's just an amazing Absolutely amazing. Yeah, they were saying I was listening to the behind the scenes stuff and how the crew, well, when I say crew, the actors were out there constantly taking these things and throwing them around, all the coins and the props, <laughs> you know, so it was really driving everybody nuts or the prop people nuts because they're out there like skipping the coins on the water, <laughs> throwing them around because they get bored behind yeah. scenes or yeah. in between scenes. And so they're playing with these things. And so it drove everybody nuts. Yeah. But it's just an amazing Yeah, it's really a huge, giant place. set. This yeah. really this big cavern. And everybody that I've heard talk about this set was so impressed with it. And just the size and magnitude of this this stage was just incredible that what they did when yeah. they pulled off and made it look so good. Well, it's almost like if you don't know it's not a real cave, you know what I mean? You would actually think it's real. Possibly. I mean, there's some things I see... That some differences. I mean, I have never been necessarily in a cave that say like a volcanic cave like that. I've been in lava tubes before, but nothing that was hanging down. So I need to see that again to make that comparison. But I have been in caverns, say, for instance, in Northern California up by Shasta Lake. There's the Shasta Caverns. And that is a completely different set of rock. That's like a limestone thing going on there. So it does look different. Yeah. And so when I look at this particular cave, I'm taking what I see in Shasta Caverns from a whole different color perspective in the way that things look. 
versus kind of the black volcanic kind of stuff that happens here. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert on stalactites and stalactites. Stalagmite. <laughs> not an expert on those hanging duties. Stalactites. Stalactites and stalagmites. There those, we go. The stalagmites come from the ground. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not an expert on oh, those okay. to know they even form in volcanic, say, oh, caves. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, I don't know. Is I usually think that it has something to... I don't know. I mean, because the whole idea behind those, at least far as I can remember, is that you have some water kind of dripping and minerals are coming through. Yeah. And so minerals are then building up at the tip. Right. As, and then it kind of just keeps going and growing over many, 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 many years. And so you end up having these deposits that form and then they form these giant things that hang down, these stone... Icicles. Icicles, if you want to call it that. Instead of stalactites and stalagmites. So you know what I'm saying? Yes. So I don't know. Do they happen in volcanic caves? That I don't know. It gives Possible, you that kind of... but volcanic rock is so different because yeah. it's so porous. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I said, I'm not pretending to be an expert today on geology in rock formation. So I don't know how that works with those. But they give you the kind of... More creepy feel, like almost teeth coming down Well, that feel. I agree with. I think that it looks good, but as far as if I were to see it, I go, oh, I don't know if that yeah. is. So I don't know what kind of rock that forms in or how that really works. And that's really getting technical, I guess, as yes. opposed to just saying, boy, it looked really cool and I like it. But that was my impression of it. And when I saw it, I go, huh, I wonder if those would actually form like that because of the type of rock that we're actually dealing with here. Yeah. So I don't know. That's all I have to say on that. I know. I just took it and bummed it all out. People are like, oh, my God. He just ruined the whole cave thing for me. (laughs) While they were filming in this cave, they had to kind of put excessive makeup on everybody to make them so they didn't look washed out. Oh, really? Yeah. So because it was kind of dark in there and the lighting and stuff, they'd actually put more makeup on them. And the crew realized how cool Johnny's makeup looked. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess it, you know, because of the the way they changed it. They thought it looked really cool. And so they continued with his makeup for the rest of the movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so they just kind of left it. Oh, his looks good that way. And they left it. So like is it, the that movie. mean that the makeup has changed from the beginning of the movie or depending on because when they Because the way they tape stuff? it, I'm not sure. Tape it or I'm film sorry, it? I'm sorry, film it. Arr! When they. I'm and not she sh- tries to claim that she is not from the early 1900s. <laughs> Shut up. When they film the movie, I'm not sure, or how they film the movie, I'm not sure where this well, fell within the film. Yeah, so that so, would be something to look at. Yeah. Does his makeup change right. in some scenes? Because obviously they don't film it in sequence. Yeah. So, you know, are you going to see some that maybe are out of continuity because his makeup looks different yeah. in some spots than other spots? Yeah. Being that it's finally Friday and Heather has now entered... The year 2000, and we no longer tape that or call it taping (laughs) that we're filming it. I think it's time we get the hell out of here for the weekend. Yes. No. See, you're wrong. I mean, it's discuss our favorite lines from the week. You know, geez, you're just like a rash Will Turner here. (laughs) You're just ready to get out when you completely forgot about really bad eggs. So I say it's time to get really bad eggs segment underway. So what do you got? 
What do I got? Yeah, what do you got? Well, I kind of mixed two together. You can't I'm, mix I'm taking, phrases. Yeah, yeah, just just. Are you making your own phrase? No, you're taking I'm just, the words and you're reorganizing I'm, them into no, your own. No, no. So, Adam set a bad example for you, Dindy. No. So this is what I have. And by that I mean that Adam had a couple of different phrases yes. that he was going to share, but he was a guest, so he's allowed to do that. Heather, on the other hand, I hope she didn't get corrupted by that. But these go together. This one does splinter something terrible. <laughs> That's a good one. Stop rubbing it. <laughs> so I chose these two because they really show the relationship that Pentel and Rigetti have here and how much they actually care about each other and their personalities. Yeah. You know, this this scene right here, whole little scene with Pentel and Rigetti really show what they're all about. I think you know, so. Yeah. And their personalities well, and how they feel about each other. Well, we do have that they are related. There's oh, yeah. There's been that backstory. So they are related or that there's a fam- familial relationship there that they married into. I'd have to look it up again exactly what they were. But yeah. they, do, they are related. Yeah. I think one of them married into the family. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah. I really like this little time right here that they have because of the way it, it shows what they who they are. I and agree. how they feel about each other. That's cool because it's some character other. development. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Mine's from minute 70 when Jack says, not all treasures, silver and gold, mate. And so we talked about all of this yesterday in the main characters that they have this treasure that they're chasing that is not gold and jewels. I'm not going to rehash all that, but this is really a great line and I think a life lesson for all of us. And it means something different to everyone. Plus it sums up. Kind of the whole end goal of this particular swashbuckler, this whole movie, Curse of the Black Pearl. It's the driving force for the characters, and it's just one more thing that puts kind of a twist in this pirate movie that is already kind of full of uniqueness and things. It's like unique characters, a unique plot, supernatural elements in a pirate movie. So that's why I chose it. It's all about kind of choosing your own way, right. if you will. And yeah. I think that's kind of an... And that's what swashbucklers are anyways, is kind of choosing your own adventure kind of deal. So... Right. Swashbuckler can mean any, you know, different things to everybody. So you can take that. And I think that's why there's a lot of people that embrace the pirate world or culture because there's a lot of adventure elements to it. And your treasure is not just necessarily treasure, but it's the adventure. Right. And Pete, you know, you say treasure automatically comes to mind is silver and gold, jewels and everything. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. <laughs> no Christmas episode. <laughs> And that's automatically what comes to mind, but that's really not everybody's treasure. That's right. In fact, it's not most people's treasure. It's my treasure, but well, not I most understand. people's. Yeah, I know that. Believe me. <laughs> but you know, so this this shows this coming you coming from a person who works in the nonprofit world. <laughs> <laughs> this shows you that no, it's not normally everybody's treasure. Yep. Everybody has something different as a treasure, something close to their heart. So it's, it is really cool saying there yep so that's it for me so i say we just all go find our own treasure this weekend let's go find our treasure exactly thanks for joining us in this school rock episode (laughs) yeah it's the 80s and it's an after school special thing going on today (laughs) folks i'm just a bill yes i'm only a bill and i'm sitting here on capitol hill That was my ode to taxes where I'm going to have to just go there and take those back. (laughs) Actually, we'll be back on Monday with Minute 72 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. 
Now get me my grog! What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home! Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show! Banjo, get me a bucket! Hey Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.